Check, check. Hey, Brent, I got the sniffles. All right, here we go. Welcome to the New York Jets Life Podcast. Here's your host, Chili the Beast. He has the sniffles. Also, we have special guest draft expert Brian Melko. He once told Matthew Barry to go shove it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to the New York Jets Life Podcast. I'm Chili the Beast, your host. Thanks for listening to us. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com and search in uh, Jets Life. Also, you can like us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com backslash Jets Life underscore. That's Jets Life, New York Jets Life. By fans, for fans, real fans here, guys, boys and girls. You guys have listened to the show for the last uh, three episodes, hopefully. I want to thank you for coming back and listening to us, and uh, thank you to all the new listeners that are out there listening to us. We're uh, real fans, talking about what fans want to hear. No bullshit, no sugarcoating. I have a special guest with me this week. It's a good friend of mine, Brian. been watching uh, Jets football with this guy for 20 years. He's a so-called uh, draft expert. This is his uh, meat and potatoes, and we're going to touch on this on the back end of the show. He likes to uh, break down draft prospects, look at the schools, big college football fan, wants to, uh, you know, see the Jets get better. He has some interesting uh, thoughts about where to go in the, in the upcoming draft. Obviously, you hear me, my voice. It's uh, I'm not so down today. We got, a, we got a big New York Jets win this week. I mean, I wouldn't call it big, but damn, it feels good to win. Bittersweet win. Uh, the Jets, after this uh, game, went from a potential top three pick and we're now in the sixth seed in the upcoming draft that uh that that'll knock us out of the uh potential Marcus Mariota sweepstakes and we're gonna be looking at other options but like I said we're gonna get back to that on the uh on the back end of the show but again woke up with a smile on my face and uh it feels good to win and uh Brian here contested that too it's been a long time not overly used to winning but it feels good to get it, especially when it's uh, one of three in a season. So, uh, into this game. Uh, Jets at Titans, 4 o'clock, late kickoff. Weather was nice, set up for a uh, nice afternoon until the game started and uh, turned into a pillow fight, like as Rex Ryan likes to call it. <clears throat> um, Jets won, 16-11, we all know that. Uh, it was a pretty boring game, up until the brawl. Um I don't know what happened there, man. Words were said and punches were thrown. No ejections. I don't know how there wasn't ejections. I mean, what do you think on that? I mean, come on, man. If that was the New York Jets throwing punches, the the world would end. The world would implode. Yeah, nice to uh, get on here with you, uh, Chili. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, any any other team, you know, uh, especially the Jets, we would certainly we would certainly be uh, ejecting. You know, our whole entire team. I mean, earlier this year, I know there was an ejection with one of our players, but, um, you know, it's just, it's part of being a Jets fan. All right. So, uh, in this game, I'm, you know, I'm happy for Rex on it, first off. You know, he, he has no apologies. He, uh, he, he said it himself, and it's an actual quote that he uh, has. Let me find you here in my notes. He says, a real fan wants a team to win no matter what. Uh, we're real fans here. We feel the same way. Like I said, it is bittersweet based on um, us losing that potential top uh, top three draft pick. But uh, you know, Rex is right. And what does Rex care? He's out of here. He knows it. 
So he wants to win. He doesn't want to go down as a loser. But uh, we won. 16-11. Not pretty. Um, the Titans fell to 2-12. and 12. I think they're like the 2 or 3 seed right now in that upcoming draft. Good things, bad things again. Uh, the Jets showed heart, man. I mean, with that brawl, we got a, a struggling quarterback. They were all in it. You know, Nick Mangold's running on the field, no helmet. Love that guy, man. He's in there with a, his hat backwards, defending his whole team there. You know, guys just throwing punches with helmets on, and who knows what's going on. But they showed definite heart. Gino, an, another uh, turnoverless game. You know, six, 16 for 28 and a touchdown. No turnovers. Mistake-free football. Mistake-free football will win you games. I mean, how many games, Brian, have we watched together that this guy, I mean, I think he has the most turnovers since entering the league, and you just can't bounce back from him. Yeah, so, you know, Geno Smith is, is constant on, on making mistakes where he, he played a fairly great game, you know, so be it that it was against a uh, subpar Titans team, but, you know, we did what we needed to do to win. You know, and even though you're playing, uh, you know, both both teams with two wins, it's still good karma to go out there and, and win, you know, especially a player. They don't go out there to lose regardless of what our thoughts are with the draft. Yeah, like uh, one of our t- Facebook followers came out and said, uh, you play to win the game. That's a Herm Edwards quote. And uh, this is in the NBA. We don't lose games for draft picks. But um, just uh, another up and down game by Marty Mortenweg, I think, because here we are entering this game. We touched, touched on it last week when we previewed this game. Um, the Tennessee Titans are coming in as, I think, the worst run defense in the last like six weeks or something like that. And uh, we didn't run very well against them. Our strength is the run game. I think we're like the number three overall running offense in the NFL right now. And uh, got some stats. You know, Ivory went 12 for 25 and a touchdown, which was a, a one-yarder. Chris Johnson, 10 for 55. But he had a long of 37. It, it's a bad defense. You couldn't run on him. We couldn't, couldn't, we had, we couldn't establish it or anything. And, and that's when the passing came into play. But uh, back to Chris Johnson, you know, all this talk about the revenge game. You know, he's played in, in Tennessee for, I think, like eight years or something like that. We all know his history, CJ2K, uh, everything on him. But I figured it would be a really heavy dose on him today. Even, and, uh, you know, screen passes, everything. But we saw some Bilal Pal. We saw some Chris, Chris Ivory, and um, now we have, uh, you know, the tr- three-headed monster, and Gino worked his legs in there, and uh, passing game. I mean, Eric Decker, finally, $36 million man, seven catches, 100 yards. He had a huge 81-yard play that was called back because he stepped out of bounds, but showed a flash. I mean, we've been waiting for that all year long, all, all year. I mean, for the last 20 years with a Jets receiver, we got to see a little bit of it. Um, he did have that dropped ball, man, that was just, Pitiful, but it looked like he lost it in, I don't know, the uh, setting sun or, or something. They hit him in the hands. I guess that's a bad place for Decker. Decker. Uh, whatever, man. Again, a win. A win's a win. We've got a big question on this team. Um, uh, Percy Harvin, man. Missing from the stat sheet. Uh, I don't know if anybody's watched it or anybody even noticed it because the game flow and everything, but uh, he had one rush for 10 yards and was not targeted in the offense. And uh, I'm pretty sure this guy next to me feels the kind of same way. But is that worth $10.5 million, Brian? No, absolutely not. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think you have to really look at the the overall game plan and the strategy going into a game where, you know, the last five weeks the Titans have been horrendous against the run. And we go in there trying to pass. It just figures, you know, a Jets team that wants to change up what's working on every other NFL team, and we want to go in there and actually pass the ball against a team who can't stop the run. Yeah, yeah, that's – we were sitting there baffled. But um, I think the play of the game came, I mean – after Decker's Decker's play is uh, fourth down, we're in the goal line, 
And uh, I think it's like fourth and two. Again, our strength is to run the ball and we throw the ball. Like everyone expected, we would throw the ball. And especially to John Connor, the Terminator. I mean, we all knew that was happening. He was the, he was the hot route or Gino had eyes on him the whole time. Well, you know what, guys, I'm joking about that. But, you know, John Connor, nine-yard touchdown reception. That, uh, that put us forward in the game. That was the, uh, I guess, the uh, go-ahead touchdown to um, go ahead on that, on that score. Um, John Connor, I mean, who would have thought? But, hey, he got one. Um, again, Marty Wig, weird game like Brian touched on. You know, we should have been running the ball. We should have been pounding that rock. We should have been doing this. We should have been doing that. Uh, win's a win, but I just don't get it. It's never easy. The uh, the defense, again, we've I've been saying this all along. This is a product of John Idzik, this defense. Rex cannot do what he wants to do with his defense. He wants to play bump and run. He wants to blitz. He wants to do everything he can. With these cornerbacks, this secondary situation that we have going on right now, we're uh, we're not able to do that. He's forced to play some more zone and do things. And when you look at the stat sheet week after week, you really see that. I mean, we got guys like Nate Washington. Mm, Nate Washington, man. <laughs> I think he's their three going into this year. Third receiver. Um, six catches for 102 yards. Nate Washington? I, I know. We talked about this last week with those Minnesota guys, but uh, who? <laughs> um, and that's not even the worst part. I mean, Jake Locker, before his injury, had 57 yards, but he was killing us on the ground with his mobility. And he actually looked good, but, again, playing us. <laughs> and then uh, Charlie Whitehurst, clipboard Jesus, we like to call him here, comes in the game and throws for 203 yards. Yeah, I said that, uh, it was Charlie Whitehurst that threw for 203 yards, and the Titans uh, uh, total 342 total yards rushing and and passing receiving. The product of the uh, the environment, product of uh, a not Rex Ryan defense, which I guess it must be hard to uh, have your niche and have to change it up on a weekly basis. Um, some things uh, to look at. Uh, David Harris, I think, entered the game needing 14 tackles to get to a thousand for his career, which is amazing. Um, David Hitman Harris, great guy, great pro, tackling machine. Obviously, thousand tackles. Uh, he got six. He's almost there. You know, you know, maybe next week against New England he gets it. Prior, uh, he looked better. Um, sustained an injury earlier in the game. I could swear it was concussed. He came back in, but he was flying around. He was showing flashes of of a not a bust, <laughs> and. Uh, he was he was doing things and uh, Copels had um, uh, a sack and I know he had another one called back by uh yeah you guessed it Kyle Wilson penalty. <laughs> uh, again we mentioned Kyle Wilson and his lack of being good on the show but uh, Copels he's doing things and again you know no Muhammad Wilkerson again this week so guys stepping up here and there and it's good last week was Sheldon this week was uh, Copels making some big plays some big stops behind the uh, line of scrimmage and having a sack. Now we're gonna get to the end of the game where. Uh, um, you guys are all obviously watching, and uh, I dubbed it as the Music City Miracle, almost, number two. I, I, we were sitting there, I mean, what the fuck, man? WTF, question mark, exclamation point. Really? Is this happening? That's a forward lateral. That's a forward lateral. Uh, it wasn't. And then, uh, man, tackle him on, on the four-yard line. I mean, how does that happen? Only us. We make it hard. I mean... What were your thoughts on that, Brian? We were sitting there together. 
I think we were speechless and almost vomiting. Yeah, Chili looks over at me right before the play, and he goes, remember the Music City Miracle? And I just yes. laughed. I'm like, whatever, whatever. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. I mean, you know, when you look back at the replay, as that, that one pass that uh, Whitehurst threw to, or the lateral to uh, Whitehurst to uh, Delaney, Walker. Delaney Walker, you know, I'm like, oh, that's forward. But the replay looked good. So I, I, it was close and, and nerve-wracking for sure. Yeah, I mean, again, we never win easy. Uh, when we do win, it's it's something. It's always freaking something, man. I don't know. Um, at the end of the game, uh, Steve Berline was the announcer of the game, uh, they, and I don't know who the other guy was. Steve Berline was a color commentator. He was uh, talking about uh, GM John Idzik and uh, and Woody Johnson, uh, gener- um, owner Woody Johnson, and they kept showing him in the uh, in the tunnel on the Jet sideline. And uh, I just kept thinking to myself, like, what is Woody thinking right now? What is Woody thinking? We have a, I mean, he's the owner of the team. He's invested in this thing financially. I mean, he's the owner of the team. But uh, what is he thinking? You know, we're going to win. Oh, my gosh, we're, we're squandering this draft pick. What is he thinking? But you know what? It felt good to see that smug look on his face of like, yeah, I'm happy. But at the same time, but man, John Idzik, he's a, he just looks like a, like a douchebag, man. <laughs> I mean, what was Woody thinking? I mean, I know some of you guys are, are upset that we won. Some of you guys are are very happy, like you know, like we said, real fans. And I'm not calling you guys that wanted, didn't want to win, a uh, a, a real, a, not a real fan. But uh, I can see your point each way. But again, you know, Rex's quote: "A real fan wants a team to win no matter what." And again, Rex don't care. And you know what? Right now, I don't either. So uh, again, Jets win 16-11. Jets, uh, a home game next week. It's the last home game of our 2014 season. And um, I'm going to dub this one again as uh, our Super Bowl. Play the New England Patriots. Tom Brady. Uh, hate that guy. I really hate that guy. He's the toughest son of a bitch I've ever met. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's uh, we're playing uh, New England at 1 o'clock. MetLife Stadium. Um. That's Rex going out party. This is this is Rex's Super Bowl. This is the Jets Super Bowl this year. The the Patriots clinch the division. They got nothing to lose. I mean, they they're fighting for home field advantage. You know, the one or two seed. But uh, in all reality, they're a good team. Again, I I think uh, they had their twelfth division title or something like that. Eleventh division title in the last twelve years. I'm over it. I hate these guys. I want to see them lose. Again, it's the Super Bowl. Whether we get the freaking fifteenth pick with a win, I I gotta see this team win. I mean, yeah, the uh, the good old Patriots. So I mean, it's it's gonna be uh, it's definitely our Super Bowl. You know, we could go in there and and what better way to end our season on a high note, uh, last home game than spoiling the uh, Patriots' chance for home field advantage. I think that would be great. And uh, you know, you see a lot of cursing of Tom Brady on the sidelines if that happens. And uh, that. Would be awesome. Hey, Santa Claus, uh, all I want for Christmas is this, uh, just to uh, get a New York Jets win this uh, week. I'm looking for Rex Ryan ball this week. I'm looking for him to go out how Rex Ryan wants to go out. Um, I want to see some ground and pound. Ground and pound, baby. It's going to be a ground and pounder. I want to see some blitzing. You know, besides Julian Edelman and, and Gronk, their other guys are are average NFL players. I mean, their running back situation is, who knows? Gronk's a a, a beast out there, and Edelman is, you know, he's a, a a very good player. He's open all the time. He's very hard to defend. But when we pressure Tom Brady, good things happen to the Jets. I mean, our history shows it, man. We uh, 
Rex has the formula to beat him. I don't know if the pieces are there, but the formula is there. I would love nothing better to see, uh, you, know, you know, ground the pound, let Rex go out in his way. Let's blitz, let's blitz, let's blitz, let's hit this dude, put him on his back. Let's rip that hoodie off of Bill Belichick, punch him in the face, knock down Bob Kraft, and take a dump on the 50-yard line. I would love it. It would be, I hate the Patriots. I mean, how, many, how much more can I tell you how I hate the Patriots? You just blew my mind. But let, let's get a win out there. I mean, Rex deserves it. He's been good us I think he's a phenomenal coach we all know he's out of here I, I for one know that he's out of here and I a change is going to be good but let's get it for this guy alright so now the reason I got Brian on the show is we're going to talk uh, some draft now because everybody loves the NFL draft it's the best time of the year it is Christmas it, it, we're almost five months away from it but it's never too early to talk draft um Especially with uh, what happened this week, us going down to the six pick. So it looks like we're out of the Marcus Mariota Bowl. Mariota Bowl from Oregon, uh, the Heisman, Heisman Trophy winner. But uh, And at that six pick, you know, and, and that's, like me and Brian were speaking early before the uh, the pod started. You know, that's if he was to come out. I, I personally do think he does. And um, there's Jameis Winston also. Remember, these guys are underclassmen. They have a year of eligibility left. They could stay. They could win another national championship, another Heisman. But... We'll see. But, you know, as of right now, the uh, assumption is is that he's he's coming out. And uh, it looks like the Bucks, who are quarterback needy, are in the number one seed. And I don't see how they pass on this guy, man. He's electric. He's awesome. You know, there was some questions I, I talked about a couple of weeks ago about him being a possible system quarterback. I just don't think a, a, an NFL team could pass on this guy. So uh, if not Mariota, if not a quarterback – and we're at that six pick as of right now, out of that top five, where we're assuming they would be going, then who? Who do you think? Well, it's a great point, you know, and, and with uh, Mariota, you know, he, he's everybody's obvious choice, you know, but it could be a blessing in disguise because you never know how these guys are going to be when it gets to the NFL. I mean, there's still Jameis Winston out there. Um, you know, I personally think that the six spot is has good value. It just, you know, I think you're going to have to go with the best available player and not look past the second and third round for quarterbacks. You know, some of these quarterbacks that sit on the bench for a couple of years, it's not the worst thing in the world. So, you know, building your team, um, you know, starting from the inside out could be a, a great option for us with some of the other options. And at that sixth spot, there's a we have needs. We're not a luxury. We're not in a luxury pick right now to where we could get just take the best player available and fit him in our system. I mean, we're not doing that. We're, we don't have the availability to do that. I mean, we have needs. There's there's um, offensive guard major need on this team. It's not a sexy pick, but it's a major need. And there's guys out there. And Brian's going to touch on that. I mean, Debrickashar Ferguson is is statistically and penalty-wise having his worst season as an NFL pro. Being paid a lot of money, you know, there's no guarantees back. We all know about the cornerback situation and, you know, quarterback itself. But, you know, there's a guy out there, um, Amari Cooper, uh, who I love. I, 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 you guys know that's my man crush right now um, out there through Facebook. But he's, uh, he's dynamic. He's the best player. He reminds me a lot of Julio Jones. And uh, that's going to all... I think depend on the Percy Harvin deal, the $10.5 million, him coming back. But remember now, um, we're going into this draft with uh, six picks because of the Percy Harvin deal. So 
their splashes have to be made with limited amount of picks. Hey, we don't have the the 12 picks this year that we used, and I think, wait, wait, like two are on the roster still? I mean, come on. But, uh, yeah, so offensive guard, corner, wide receiver. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, um, there's this guy, uh, Brandon Sh- Sheriff from Iowa. Yeah, Brian's got some stats on this guy. I mean, sounds like a monster. Yeah, he just won the Outland Trophy last Thursday in Orlando at the College Football Awards. He's 6'5", 320. You know, offensive tackle could be converted to guard. I mean, the guy's a monster. You know, there's another guy from Stanford, Andres Pete, six seven three twelve. These guys have first round grades. This is before all the juniors are are uh, saying whether they're going to come out or not. But those are two early guys. You know, uh, Amari Cooper. There's another receiver from Louisville, Devontae Parker, who's not that far behind Amari Cooper as far as his pro prospects. He's bigger. He's six three two zero nine. Cooper six one two ten. So. You know, you you got a lot of options here, and I think when it comes down to it, whether we're the sixth pick, the fifth pick, whatever it is, you know, we still want to build for the future, you know, and think of you, you can't get cute. That's the bottom line. It has to be some staple on your team for the next 10 years that you're going to have come in, you know, unless it's a quarterback that's guaranteed to start, you know, and that's the important part, you know, build for the future, look at these guys, and, you know, character's important, but, you know, overall I, I think there's some good options. Yeah, we can't come into this draft taking a defensive lineman in the first round, I think, uh, for the last three out of four years. You know, Copels, Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, I mean, they're all protective players, but we can't come in here, get cute, and say, oh, I'm, I'm behind to have the best defensive line in football when uh, realistically, there is needs. There's needs. Um, there's some uh, other quarterbacks that we're looking at also that. I mean, not a lot of guys are talking about because the major hype, and, and we are five months out, is is there's quarterbacks available in those later rounds. I mean, there's Brent Hundley from UCLA. He's raw. Uh, this guy, Connor Cook from Michigan State. I mean, he's been on national television a lot here on the East Coast and stuff like that, and we see him, and the guy could play. I mean, if you're going to get him in the third, fourth round, why not? And I know you have some other guys on that list there, but... uh you know, they're not names that, that we're hearing. I mean, everybody's comparing Marcus Mariota. That's like, you know, comparing Joe Montana to to any starter right now that's not Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Luck, or Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it, and it all depends on the coach also, you know. I mean, who's to say that the coach doesn't bring someone in? Or, or we get a college coach, he brings his own guy in. But, you know, Brian's got some uh, some players here that, that are interesting in the later rounds. I mean, with... with, with Later grades that why not? I mean, hey, I think we drafted uh, ten players this year in those later rounds, or and we had four seventh round picks. I don't think any of them are on our roster right now at all. Made a team. We had a we had a fourth round cut last year. So taking a flyer on a quarterback later on in the draft. Hey, I'm all for it, man, if we can't get that top guy. Yeah, between, you know, some of the upcoming free agents that are okay, like a Brian Hoyer, a Ryan Mallett, if you could score one of those guys along with maybe a rookie in the second, third, fourth round. I mean, everybody's amazed with Colin Kaepernick's talent, you know, and there's a guy that plays at his old school, Cody Fajardo from Nevada, who's very similar to Colin Kaepernick as far as the the speed, the the good arm and everything like that. So, you know, you got to have a, a true quarterback competition. I don't know that Gino or Mike uh, Vick are going to be back on the team next year. And if they are, you know, they could be part of the competition as well. But I think, you know, you have to look at all options and, and when it comes down to it. You know, some of these teams ahead of us in the draft are definitely going defense. I mean, there's just too many good defensive players out there to pass on. So, you know, it'll be interesting. But, you know, you got guys like Dak Prescott from Mississippi State who made a splash in the Heisman running. Bryce Petty from Baylor. These guys might be system guys, but 
you know, it's hard to see until their combine comes and we see their arms and their speed and everything. But um, there's some options out there just like every year, you know. And if you uh, go into the draft with the intention of, you know, hey, this guy might be the guy right away or, you know, he he might uh, have to sit on the bench for a year. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson, third-round pick, everybody knows that story. I mean, these are these are things that good organizations look at, you know, and we have to change our mindset. Cannot get cute in the first round. You know, uh, and the biggest thing that I always talk about is uh, ball don't lie. Like like Russell Wilson, the ball don't lie. Look at the guy's, guy's uh, game film. Look at his productivity in college. You know, you you, you go with what you know. And, uh, and based on that quarterback situation, too, I mean, there goes the head coaching. I mean, uh, there's some bad news out there that, uh, you know, it's a rumor. Um, it's probably true because, I mean, this is the guy's job. But, uh you know, you guys know how I feel. Our good friends at FireJohnIdzik.com feel the same way. I mean, they started a website named FireJohnIdzik.com, for God's sakes. And, you know, they, they've been, you know, you guys have seen the billboards and you've seen everything else out there. But uh, so a lot of talk out there that John Idzik's working right now extensively on a new, um, on the new coaching uh, search. He's looking for a new coach. Um, that's his job. So I wouldn't expect to hear I wasn't shocked when I heard that that's what he's doing. But at the same time, uh, it's his job. He is expecting to be here where us as fans, uh, the media, people that don't follow the Jets are expecting him to leave. I mean, Steve Berline talked about it yesterday. Again, Steve Berline, color commentator yesterday, talked about it yesterday that uh, how, you know, he, he talked about a lot of this guy's mistakes and this guy's faults and everything that he's done to, you know, this season. But uh, he's working on it. And, um, he doesn't understand how they're going to be back. So we're, we're looking at a possible change. But, again, he's working on it, so it's bad news. But we do know that there will be a, a new head coach for New York Jets. And um, some names that, you know, get brought up, especially if uh, if Idzik is back, is is just two guys out of Seattle. Uh, Dan Quinn is their defensive coordinator out of Seattle. And uh, Daryl Bevel, who is their offense coordinator in Seattle. If Idzik's there, I mean, those are – probably two of the favorites and I would probably give Bevel the uh the edge there because of being an offensive guy uh, he's a former quarterback coach I mean I know he's coached Aaron Rodgers quarterback coach so the guy's been around so I mean that would be the guy that you're going to bring in I mean especially being a def- having a defensive minded coach here for the last uh so many years in Rex Ryan you want to go the opposite direction you know you're going to go to the offense side and and especially if you're going to develop the young quarterback and see what that coach wants to do but there's some other names out there I mean uh John Harbaugh like Brian said he's got this uh Colin Kaepernick who who could be a wild card in uh in free agency I mean if he gets cut because his his contract is um is doable to be cut you know, the guarantee money's been paid and he's available. You know, he, who's to say he doesn't come to us and bring his guy in or Harbaugh take that job and draft a like player like Kaepernick because that's his system. And then um, the obvious names that we're hearing up and down all the time is Bill Cowher, John Gruden. I don't think those guys come out of retirement or anything like that, but that, that's what we're hearing. And then uh, Adam Gase. I mean, I for one, the only way I stand is I, I think we have to go offense. I mean, and and based on everything that's out there, who knows? I mean, we may we may have a new GM, which we're all hoping for, and and that's going to change the whole landscape on anything that what 
we're thinking as fans. Yeah, I, I like the comment about Daryl Bevel. He was uh, a quarterback at Wisconsin himself, so you know he's got gratification there. He understands the position, which is you know let's face it, guys, that's what we need. Um, you know, also and, and also not not to mention that he was part of the Minnesota staff when Percy Harvin had his his good years there, his first couple of years in the NFL. So. Um, you know, there's another guy out there that's possible, David Shaw from Stanford. I mean, this is this guy is dealing with highly intelligent young kids on a daily basis. I mean, he he reminds me a lot of Mike Tomlin, that even keel, just you know, right in your face type of football every year. I mean, at Stanford, where it's challenging to get good players, they're competing at a high level in the Pac-10 or Pac-12, whatever it is these days. But um, I mean, there there's some guys out there, but those two guys come to mind as you know, definite. You know, look what. Look at the receiving staff that Daryl Bevel's working with in in uh, Seattle. I mean, it's it's remarkable. I mean, he's got a smart quarterback, but I mean, he's doing a great job. Yeah, it's good points. What I tell you guys about this guy, the the uh, draft expert of my uh, my good pal Brian here. You know, I hope you enjoyed him. I want to thank Brian for being on the show. Um, there was a lot to talk about today. We we covered a lot. Um, college coach coaching the New York Jets. It's been done before. Hey, man, anything. Ending a change. Hey, maybe we get uh, Lore Andrew Luck over from the Colts. I mean, how would you like that one, right? It's never going to happen, but hey, somehow we put him in a bag and we get him over here. Change his last name and number. No one ever see the difference, right? All right, guys. Again, Jets win 16-11. Next week, Patriots, our Super Bowl. We got this. Do it for Rex. Come out, support them, get to MetLife. Last game of the year there. Have fun. Uh, look for the our good friends at FireJohnIdzik.com with their penalty flags. Go to their website, look it up. They got some penalty flags saying Fire John Idzik. They're going to be waving all around the stadium, kind of like similar what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. The terrible towels, who they invaded our stadium and made it look really, really, really yellow. But uh, yeah, Come and, come and see it. It'll be on TV and come support the Jets. Again, I'm Chili the Beast. Thanking my buddy Brian here for his help today on the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I want to thank you guys for listening, all my returning listeners, all my new listeners. Again, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com, Jets Life, and uh, Twitter, twitter.com, backslash Jets Life underscore. Jets Life underscore. Again, Chili the Beast. This is the New York Jets podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Later. You've been listening to the New York Jets Life Podcast.